All right, you all, you need to come and listen to The Sci-Files. They do have other shows, but The Sci-Files, that's the one you want to hear. We are on the Anchor Media platform, and you can catch us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast, and Spotify. So again, this is Axel, The Sci-Files. Sunday, 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 The Sci-Files. It's just myself, Ryan. Um, of course, if you're hearing me right now, most people would like expect to see or to hear like me just doing a solo show. Uh, this is actually very much me. Um, we've been having a really fun last few weeks. Uh, I've been talking with a lot of uh, interesting people, and we'll be sharing all those memories with you as uh, we proceed on the coming weeks. Uh, just want a quick reminder, uh, there is a new episode of the Sci-Files out as our Doctor Who special. Uh, there's a little bit of a slipped-in surprise there at the end, so pay attention all the way to the end and you'll you'll get that info. Uh, but there's <laughs> there's a little bit, we have a little bit of a, of a, a peak episode from, this is probably one of the more memorable moments that we, uh, that we captured aside from some of the panels and I'll play some of that um, audio for you here in just a bit but because um, we did uh, invade a Star Trek panel and, and I know this is like a horror show and we're like talking about you know sci-fi and stuff but you know Star Trek is a very big integral part of our uh, of our fandom so uh, we are definitely all about uh, invading those uh, those worlds and but we also have an interview with uh, Bill McKay, who's actually an illustrator. He has done many works, uh, most noted, and we'll talk with him about this, is uh, Zombie Tramp, which is one of my favorite comics. And so we'll go into that um, towards the end of our episode. Uh, but first, like, like as promised, um, I do have a little audio clip for you. Um, this is actually from uh, this year's Rose City Comic Con uh, 2018. So bit of the Star Trek panel and you know we did go to the con as press uh, and there's a little bit of f funny blurb here uh, but I'll go ahead and play that for you right now so check this out. Hi my name's Axel welcome to Portland and I'm about to ask you what either may be the easiest or most difficult question you've ever been asked and I got to ask Brent this question I have to say he's a bit odd. <laughs> So the question we know, is, we know that, <laughs> but we love him. I'll come by your booths and tell you the story. Anyway, <laughs> the question is, of all the years you've been answering fan questions, has there ever been a question that nobody has asked you that you wish somebody would ask? Again, my name's Axel. <laughs> Axel. 
<laughs> I speak for everybody. Um, I, I have actually longed for someone to say, what are you having tonight for dinner? <laughs> what are you making? Are you, you know? Uh, no, I, actually, I don't think there's anything I've been like, God, I wish I was asked that. They never asked me. But uh, maybe. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> I also got to ask Michelle Nichols this question. Oh. And she said that she'd been asked everything under the sun. Yes. And then she paused and said, you know what, darling? I didn't realize until just this moment that I've been asked everything under the sun. Thank you. What she said. All right, welcome back to our show. And if you checked any of that out, it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, some, uh, we did chop it down a little bit because, of course, there was a lot of like questions, a lot of uh, other audio you couldn't really hear. Um, and uh, Axel, who's uh, the voice of our Sci-Files podcast, he um, he made many appearances at many different panels. Of course, we did miss out on a few different ones uh, due to timing and um, other issues, but. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun con all around. Um, I actually got to see a lot of really cool vendors this year, um, and we sh I shared a little bit of that on our on our uh, Comic Con episode. So if you go back to uh, last week's episode, which is a, of the Sci Files, you'll get to hear that. Um, and also uh, for tomorrow, the, the episode should have been posted on Thursday night, but for tomorrow we actually have, um, and this will probably air, it'll probably air on Saturday. Uh, for everybody using iTunes and Spotify, but for those who are subscribed to our Anchor feed, you'll get to hear that first day it gets posted, uh, which will be the um, my review for, it's, it's actually a, a Gore Corner episode, this will be my review for uh, a movie that I thought was really cool, it's available on Shudder right now, if you're not subscribed to Shudder, go ahead and subscribe, it's only $4.99 a month, um, or you can pay $3.99 if you pay for the whole year, um, it, the price is heavily reduced, or heavily reduced for the grand total, and reduced by a dollar a month, uh, which you know is still a really awesome deal. I mean, considering what you actually get. Now, uh, this is a this is a Shutter exclusive, and it's a movie called Ruin Me. Uh, I've been uh, tweeting out some pictures of, about that as well as on our Instagram feed, which is brand new to us. Uh, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Insta Instagram.com forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio. And or just find us on your app. Uh, go ahead and type in um, Rotten Corpse Radio on your app, and you should see some pretty weird stuff. Of course, we we do post mostly horror. Um, and I was trying to get this uh, Doctor Who thing to post. Um, it's actually on our Facebook page. It's pretty fun. It's actually uh, a picture of Jody. Um, you know, basically like a, for the promo they did for uh, her playing Doctor Who. And it actually has this thing turned up um, on a setting that I took a picture, a screen cap of, and it says brilliant, uh, or brilliance, um, turned all the way up, which I think is pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> and I just kind of spoiled the joke right there because that kind of, I think that kind of takes a little bit away, but not 100%, you know. It's not like the worst thing we've ever heard in our life, but not certainly not the best. Uh, but uh, for uh, fans of our show, they'll you know you'll probably appreciate it a little bit because we are a little goofy. And 
I wanted to talk about a couple things before we um, uh, before we air our um, interview with Bill McKay, which, like I said, is a pretty fun interview. So, uh, for those who are fans of uh, comics as well as horror, and who are fans of Zombie Champ, you might want to check that out. Um, he also talks about some of the other projects he's involved in right now, so that should also be pretty fun. Anyway, uh, some weird news I've been reading. Now I've been I've been watch, watching a bunch of interviews, and there's a lot of like weird uh, speculative stuff that's uh, surfacing about the ha new Halloween movie. Now, um, BloodyDisgusting.com had posted uh, something in regards to uh, the soundtrack. It's actually a single. Uh, that's called The Shape Returns. It's written and performed by John Carpenter and, and his band. And this is such a good throwback uh, theme song. And he does all the music for the movie. Uh, but it was it actually came out in this weird interview I watched uh, where they had said something like... Uh, where they kind of reviewed uh, or revealed Michael's middle name. And I'm not going to say it here on the show. You can go check that out for yourself. I think it's an interview that... Um, I want to say uh, John Carpenter, uh, I think David, David Green's his name, the guy who directed the film, and uh, and of course uh, Laurie Strode herself, Jamie Lee Curtis, and they kind of do a f real fun interview. It starts off with a bunch of f uh, fuck yous and flip offs and stuff for this one kid uh, over like Jamie wanting to uh, wear glasses for the interview but they said because of the glare she couldn't but yet the guy interviewing her was fucking wearing glasses what a douche and he probably doesn't even need him fucking hipster anyway uh <laughs> that's just me venting a little bit because it's dumb anyway uh the interview was pretty fun they go they kind of try to deep dive into uh you know what what's uh in store for you know fans as far as this new halloween is concerned um, yeah, Michael's middle name is actually revealed on here, which is kind of weird. Uh, John Carpenter has no idea where that came from either, so the fact that that's even floating around and that's a thing is just bizarre to me, but whatever. It could be something that Danny McBride himself will probably just threw in there. Like, oh yeah, that's a real thing. It's, he's got this really silly middle name. And But if for anybody who wants to know, it's Michael A. Myers. That's his middle name, A, so, Ma'am. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that now. His name's Ma'am. M-A-M, Ma'am. I just, I always kind of just like the fact that Michael Myers is just this weird uh, thing. And another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, too, is, uh, so, there's something that never really gets explored, and I kind of wonder if this has anything to do with the connection to Star Trek that the Halloween series has, because everybody knows that um, the Michael Myers mask is actually a Captain Kirk mask, um, or William Shatner mask. I won't say it's a Captain Kirk mask, but uh, it's a William Shatner mask, spray-painted white, the, eyes hole, the eye holes cut slightly weird so that they have a creepy look to them. Uh, and it kind of that's what kind of originated Michael Myers' ominous look. And... Throughout the series, they've changed the mask like several times. Like every single movie, they've never actually used a single one of the masks the same for every film. But one thing I'll say that I always thought was really funny, and I never knew if it was intentional or not, is Halloween 4 and 5. Now, two different actors playing Michael Myers, um, two different masks, and of course you want to think that the masks are made to accommodate the actors, which is, you know, a pretty valid excuse, but... Uh, 
at the same time, you want to also kind of pick it apart because you're like, well, this seems kind of stupid, you know, maybe we could, you know, kind of explore this a little bit further. And one thing I'll say is uh, with the masks, I always thought it was kind of funny, and I don't know if anybody has ever pointed, you know, ever really thought about this, but Michael Myers in 4 and 5, more so in 4 than in 5. I, you know, you can probably pull the different uh, eras out, but Michael Myers' mask in those two movies looks like Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I want to think it was, but I really don't know. So, <laughs> and... So it's kind of it's kind of fun, you know, to really think about like God, you know, like we can make him look like Data in Part Four, you know, especially in that first scene, you know, where it shows Michael doing the sit up in the bedroom, uh, Jamie Lloyd's having the hallucination that he's in the room, and uh, you know she's he's out to get her, and even though he she doesn't even know who it is, there's this weird physical connection between the two of them, you know, and. Uh, something really bad is going to happen to her and uh maybe she's this is like a sign of uh her having some kind of like uh you know telekinetic you know like some kind of like psychic powers if you will and some kind of side powers and they never really explore that in the rest of the series considering she gets fucking whacked in part six uh not even the same actress by the way but uh unless she had to be older you know she had she would have had to have been a lot older um but in close, I would say that, you know, I've always thought that was funny. You know, why, you know, why would they make it look like Data in like four and five? And that was around the time Next Generation came out too. So, uh, if there is a secret Star Trek fan in there, and if somebody knows, tweet it at me. I really want to see that. And without further ado, here is my interview from the Rose City Comic Con with Bill McKay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Casket Cast, only on RottenCorpseRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on anchor.fm forward slash RottenCorpseRadio. And this weekend, we are at the Rose City Comic Con 2018 um, here at the Oregon Convention Center, and I am here with a very awesome artist uh, checking out some of his work. Of course, I was drawn to his booth by the very lovely uh, zombie tramp uh, that he has a big display for. And uh, we're here with uh, Bill McKay. How's, how's you doing, Bill? How's it going? Oh, pretty good. I mean, I, I, first off, I mean, how's this convention been treating you? It's uh, pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, good. Not in not insane, but certainly worth coming. Yeah. Getting a lot of getting a lot of prints sold. And... Yeah, prints are the one thing that sold better than anything. Usually, yeah. Very. There's a lot of holes in the book, and that's because I sold very underestimated the amount of prints that I would sell and uh, it is the biggest selling item this weekend. Mm. I mean, has there been any like specific print that you're probably selling more of than you are of any other? Um, no, it's pretty random, but um, yeah, usually the one that sells the best is the, the Voodoo cover, the Zombie Tramp cover from New Orleans. Oh, wow. And uh, that one, I haven't sold one of those, so it's you never know. It's the one thing you have the most of that usually doesn't do as well and the one thing you have the least of is the one that yeah. goes quickly yeah, everybody wants it and you sell out of it <laughs> if i knew yeah how to prepare it yeah it would be easy but it's never what you expect oh yeah excellent i want to think every city's different of course uh, like you know portland's been 
our, like the horror community here in Portland has been growing every year. We actually have like um, theater events every single or every other month that happen just dedicated to peer, you know, to horror films and to other horror related things. Not to mention all the comic book shops around town. There's so many of them. So, uh, and I I noticed that uh, a lot of your work um, you have a lot of zombie tramp, and I think we had discussed it before uh, we started recording that you do covers for all the issues. Tell us a little bit about that. I do all, as many as I can. I love doing Zombie Tramp covers. There's nothing funner. I don't run out of ideas. Um, it's just, I just love being a part of the book. I love coming up with new things. And uh, it's just, yeah, uh, there's honestly nothing I'd rather be working on. Do you think it's more like a, it's because she's such an intriguing character, right? I just feel like I've drawn her um, so many times that I could kind of draw her in my sleep that I just, I, yeah, I just, it's, I feel like I know the character and I love Dan's creation and I love the book <laughs> and I just, it is something that is, uh, doesn't feel like work at all. It's just uh, any covers an opportunity to just go, what can I do now with this character? It doesn't feel at all like a job and no stress. Not to sound super gross or anything, but do- zombie the zombie tramp is super hot for a dead chick. So, <laughs> and if you haven't checked out the work, it's actually a really fun comic. Uh, it's kind of a revenge tale that kind of just goes on a on a rampage, uh, homicidal rampage. <laughs> it's it's definitely pretty fun. I would definitely say Grindhouse, oh, gory, yeah. fun, and I wouldn't discount it as being goofy because there is a real story and it's a good story and it's still fresh after 51 issues and what they have planned is strong and um but uh fun and grindhouse are the words that i would use most oh yeah most definitely and uh do you have any like particular influences to kind of go into your work because I, I noticed that some of uh some of the colors and the styles and stuff are very similar to some of the i like dark themes but i like them done in bright fun yeah. bubble gummy ways like shiny um just kind of unacceptable like, things but done yeah. like brightly and and happily dark i don't know yeah i mean i, I mean color i'll say this like colorful villains are usually one of the um they're probably one of the funnest things in comics you know like uh, you can play around with it you know they believe they're right no matter what and of course, in this series, this character, even though she's very dark and everything, she's not actually the villain. No. Um, you know, some, th- some horrible things have been done wrong to her, so yes, <laughs> to make she's... her this creature. So, yeah, this this is definitely cool. And I like a lot of the side by sides you got. You have a lot of um, a lot of uh, pencil uh, drawings of the uh, finished works side by side. It's really neat to see. Um, are there any um, are there any particular uh, projects you, you have coming up or I that you'd be at liberty to talk? Yeah, the ones I, there's something that came up this weekend that I don't want to hex, and there's another one in the works that would probably be the biggest thing I've ever done that I would be surprised if I'm approved for, but it's a, a possibility. But other than that, uh, Zombie Tramp, I have 13 more Zombie Tramp covers to do by May. That's my main thing. I've been doing covers for Unnatural, which is an image book created by Mirka and Dolfo. For I've been doing those for Primetime Collectibles, and that is that is massive. I'm a huge Mirka fan. It's a beautiful book. 
and uh, it's that's a real opportunity. I also have Lady Death covers. I've oh, nice. done three. I have another one coming out soon, and I have yet another one in the works. And um, uh, something I'm forgetting, I'm sure, but miscellaneous covers, but still working within the Danger Doll, Zombie Tramp, Mendoza Universe on Dollface, uh, Vamp Blade, and Black Betty, and Zombie Tramp. Nice, nice. Um, is there any social media that we can find you at? Yes, definitely. Um, at Bill McKay Art on Instagram, at Bill McKay Art on Twitter, and Bill McKay on Facebook. And if anybody's still on DeviantArt, that's a good place. It's a great gallery. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a great gallery for art. Like I use it on on bios because you can click on it and just see things easily, as opposed to going through things. But it's yeah. it's a ghost town. But I still update it regularly. Not regularly. Every month I'll dump everything that hadn't been there before and then come back a month later. You know, for anything that's not actually moving through DeviantArt, DeviantArt it's still being shared on social media. I see stuff from like. Uh, like on Tumblr all the time about like, yeah. different like you know various horror artists and uh, different artists that do macabre and comics and stuff like that. So it's, it's just really kind of heartbreaking looking at the numbers. And you put something <laughs> out there that you're so proud of and it does so well on other platforms, and then it tops out at like 90 views on DeviantArt. It's just like why do I bother? But I, I it's DeviantArt. Being on DeviantArt was my lucky break. That's how I met Jason, who introduced me to Dan. And everything really came from being on DeviantArt, but that was in 2010. So, anyway, um, it was great talking to you today, and uh, best of luck to you uh, for the rest of the day. Okay. Because I mean, we only got like a few more hours left. So. Yeah, this is the down. This is the dread time. This yeah. is where, yeah, the travel and the packing up. It's, it goes so by. Goes by so quick there's like the possibilities on Friday and so who am I going to meet what's going to happen and then Sunday is just like oh this is the let me look at the clock and kind of start yeah definitely definitely plenty of time to get some work done right yes all right, all right. thank you for staying tuned in and we will catch you all later uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode now we are changing our patreon uh, so um, it hasn't happened effectively yet, but our Patreon page will be available for a dollar. Because I really thought about it, and it's like, you know, so much stuff costs a lot of money nowadays. Why make you guys pay for all this crazy-ass uh, content that we, you know, that we have for you there? Um, if, you know, we have archive footage and you want to hear it, Go on over there. It's only a dollar a month, and you can get access to some of our archive footage. A lot of uh, the first 10 episodes will be available here in the next few weeks, so be please be patient um, as we've been really kind of trying to dissect whether or not we wanted to do this or not. And uh, We want to make this stuff affordable and fun for everybody. Um, I would love to offer most all of it for free, but, you know, we also need to make a little bit of money on top of it because, you know, it's tough doing all these shows for nothing every single week and we do appreciate all the people kind of uh tuning in checking out our stuff and hopefully you're spreading the word hashtag for the love of horror infect the world infect the world people uh, this will eventually be a shirt um, available on our website on corpseradio.com and stay tuned to our uh uh, for the for the rest of this weekend, we'll have a couple more episodes or popping out, uh, preferably on Sunday, and I will be uh, debuting an episode or a new episode of the Casket Cast for next week uh, with another interview with another fun guest. 
but this wasn't actually done at Comic-Con. This was done after the fact. He's actually the author of the Great Divide comic series. Uh, his name is Benjamin Fisher, and we are so happy to have him on there. He talks about the various projects he's done, so definitely tune in for that when that episode becomes available next week. Uh, but until then, I'm signing off, and have yourself a horrible day. We'll see y'all later. Hear from us soon? I like that better. Hear from us soon. Okay. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.